Joe Biden, he says this is the most consequential election due to the possibility of four more years of George. Well, the Biden <laughs> gaffe's getting a little out of control, and uh, AOC, she pushes for Biden to offer Bernie Sanders a cabinet position. And Kamala Harris, she doesn't know how to react after being told she's the most far-left member of the U.S. Senate. We've got that and much more coming up, and it starts right now. Happy Monday. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I'm Hillary Kennedy. I am filling in for Miss Sarah Gonzalez while she's enjoying her maternity leave. I love Mondays because there's so much to get to, so many stories to talk about. And luckily, I have with me here today Mr. Glenn Beck, host of the Glenn Beck Program, and Mr. Chad Prather, host of the Chad Prather Show. Good Thank you for be being here. here. All right, so over the weekend, Biden again. Boy, he's really not making a lot of friends with some of these reporters who are bringing up the Hunter Biden controversy. Uh, he got a little hostile, actually, with a reporter who brought it up, and we have a clip. Let's take a listen. Okay, uh, Mr. Biden, if I can. Sure. Uh, Questions of controversy continues to say about Hunter Biden, your son's... Uh, there is no controversy about my son. It's all a lie. It's a flat lie because the president has nothing else to run on. If you notice, while American people are talking about what's happening to their families, he has no plan. In the debate, he has no plan. Everything from the Wall Street Journal, every other major news outlet has said what he's saying is simply not true about my son. But it's, it's classic, Trump. <laughs> classic Trump. And uh, because Simply he doesn't want to true. talk about how he's how manufacturing has gone into recession, how our economy's in a hole, how we're approaching a, 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 a bleak winter. It's estimated 200,000 more people will die of COVID if we don't act more rapidly in terms of dealing with ra rational basis of social distancing, wearing masks, etc. And what's he do? He's going around the country holding these great spreaders of more virus. I mean, so he has nothing to say. Think about it. What is his plan for the next four years except more of the same? Failure. So I thought it was interesting. Joe Biden didn't really elaborate on what he believed was a lie that was reported. He didn't say what it was. He just said, ah, none of it's true, but he didn't say what exactly. But of course, you know, the director of national intelligence, the FBI, the Department of Justice, they've all come out and said the laptop is not a product of Russian disinformation, even though the media has tried to claim that it is. But isn't it interesting how quickly he turned that question around and made it about Trump? Oh, well, that's the only thing he can do. Mm -hmm. And you notice he went beyond the laptop. He said nothing, there is no controversy about my son. Nothing, none of that is true. Really? Because a lot of that is true. In fact, the New York Times thought it was a problem back in 2016 and I believe 2018. They were questioning the very relationships that are now shown in these documents. They thought it was a story back then. They just don't think it's one now. Yeah. Hey, isn't it funny? If you watch Joe Biden, every time he has any form of an interview or anything. He always turns it, let's talk about this man and what he's doing and how he has no plan. That He turns it every time to that and he goes into talking about the bleak winter and we're going to dig ourselves into a hole. Uh, if Imagine if this were Donald Trump Jr. Let's imagine this was a Trump kid and to have everything that's come out that we've seen, just what we've seen, how much the news media would be talking about this and hammering this. Why does, why does no one ask Joe Biden, where is your son? Where is he? Where is he? He's certainly not in your campaign ads. 
So where physically is he right now? That's what I'd like to know. What are you suggesting? I'm suggesting that uh, it wouldn't blow my mind if I found out that uh, that uh, he partied a little too hard last weekend. <laughs> wow. <laughs> now, do you think that there will come a point, though, where there's enough hard evidence that he will be forced to give a straight answer? Or do you think he will continue to just Not deny, deny, election, deny? Not before the election. Not before the election. And that's what I think, what Chad just said, actually could take place where Hunter is the is the key to bring down his dad and um, you know he parties too hard and is uh, gone or uh, they you know somebody makes that happen to stop it and then out of grief Joe Biden has to step down and uh, leave the office and Kamala becomes our president I mean that's crazy conspiracy stuff but I have to tell you Nothing would shock me anymore. Nothing. Right. Nothing would shock me. Now, there's half a dozen really solid scenarios. You've come up with several of them. I've thought of some off-the-wall stuff that would be very feasible and believable, certainly plausible at this point in time, that would make Joe Biden step down if elected president. And one of them would be, we're going to prosecute you. There's enough. You watch. Mm -hmm. it, there may be interest after the election in this story. Mm -hmm. uh, and if there is interest from the mainstream media you know he was nothing more than a Trojan horse. Yeah. He was brought in, and if there's interest in it, it could very easily be the powers that be coming to him and saying, look, we need to have a talk. You know, you can go out and say, we'll say that it was a problem with you of, uh, you know, health or whatever, but you got to go, otherwise we're going to prosecute. Come to us, Joseph. We yeah. must talk. Yeah, I mean, it is. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it could get very interesting. I hope it never comes to that because I hope we don't have to face that potential crisis. Right. I really hope we don't. Well, he's really he's had a rough go uh, the past couple of days anyway, because he warned uh, yesterday that next month election that it was the most consequential in a long time because of what would happen if there were four more years of George. Uh, a lot of people think this is George W. Bush. But it's actually George Washington. Uh, he remembers <laughs> when he then. was first in the Senate yeah. and George Washington was president. Well, the, and the sad thing is, too, I mean, he didn't just say it once. He said it twice. He did correct himself, but he did say it twice. We've got a clip. Take a listen. This is the most consequential, not because I'm running, but because who I'm running against. This is the most consequential election uh, in, a, in a long, long, long time. And the character of the country, in my view, is literally on the ballot. What kind of country we're going to be? Four more years of George, uh, George, uh, he uh, is going to find ourselves in a position where, if uh, Trump gets elected, uh, we're going to be uh, we're going to be in a different world. I mean, kudos to his wife for keeping a straight face and not throwing the oh, elbow. Yeah. And, you Did know. you notice her lips, though? Yeah, yeah. she was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's Trump. like, Trump, Trump. Trump. <laughs> Trump. You're dumb bastard. Yeah. <laughs> well, and unfortunately, that wasn't the only remark that he made over the weekend. He also said something about voter fraud organization on accident. Let's take a look at that. We have put together, and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration Jeez. before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. I think that's absolutely true, but that's not what he meant. <laughs> right, he didn't mean to say that. So people were kind of confused. They didn't know what he was referring to. He 
he clarified on Twitter. He said, if in fact you have any problem, go to, and I don't have the number, but it's 833-DEM-VOTE. We have over a thousand lawyers, over a thousand, and they'll answer the phone mm -hmm. if you think there's any challenge to your voting. How are the Democrats able to ignore well, listen, all of these gaffes? First of all, Joe Biden is running against George Trump for the Senate in New Hampshire. I mean, Nevada. Uh, and Barack America looks on with pride and glee. Uh <laughs> If you notice at the beginning of that last clip you played, he starts off rubbing the mm -hmm. polydent off the corner of his mouth, <laughs> you know, getting the slobber off of there so he can talk. He needs to have a conversation with Nancy Pelosi and see how she's keeping her teeth in because this is not looking good for Joe. The stutter aside, this guy has his own worst nightmare. <laughs> and then, but but I, love, I love Jill who's sitting there stoically going, Trump, Trump. Trump. But you know, you know, it's amazing. You're old enough to remember Reagan? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, at the end, the last four years, Ronald Reagan, they said, oh, he is going mm -hmm. senile, he's crazy, blah, blah, blah. And that would only be because he would go, um, uh, well, and then he'd answer the question. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, he's stalling with that well thing. This guy doesn't know who's president, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. it, it, it wasn't, it's not like, Bar you know, because another four years of Barack Obama. No, no, you have to go back another president. You got to go back to the year 2000 to find George Bush. Um, that, that's, he is clearly not up for the job. Clearly. The guy, listen, America's what, 240 years old? He's been, he's been in office for, you know, a fifth of that? <laughs> I mean, crazy. I mean, it's really crazy how long this guy's been in Washington, D.C. He's, he's seen a lot of people come and go. But you're running for the highest. I mean, Earl Putin's running Russia, right? So, I mean, we just call him by whatever name pops into our head. And then he gets a pass on, on whatever. This guy's slipping. You know, I, I had a, a neurosurgeon who was talking to me recently. He said, watch how he walks. Just watch how he walks. He doesn't swing his arms. Most guys, when they walk, they swing their arms. One of the sure signs of neurological damage or brain damage is when they stay stiff at the arms when they walk. He never moves his mm. arms on something like well, that. Well, uh, there is an exception to that rule. Have you ever noticed that uh, Vladimir Putin only swings one arm when he walks? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. the KGB <laughs> has, right. the KGB in him was so well-disciplined. So the one where his sidearm always was does not he swing. Move. He doesn't move. He swings one arm when he walks. That's right. Interesting. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, Joseph. speaking yeah. of George Bush, George W. Bush, I mean, he had a couple of moments in office where he had some gaffes and people ran with it and, you know, they made crucified fun of him. Oh, him but still, no. look, George, uh, Joe Biden has always been a gaffe machine and it's always been hilarious. This isn't gaffes. This is a man slipping. You go back to even the beginning of the primaries. He was much more together. He was he has slipped in the last nine months to a point to where it's really getting sad, really sad. Yeah. It is sad. And to keep putting lids on your campaign when you're nine days out, eight days out from an election and he might show up in Georgia tomorrow. We'll see. But I mean, you, you're capping your day. He's nowhere. This day is Monday, eight days before the election. He's nowhere to be found. He's in his basement. And Donald Trump would be going until two o'clock in the morning. And he's back he's up already done six. three cities in Pennsylvania today.
Well, and it does sound like he's really using Trump being out as, oh, he's putting people in harm's way and using that as the example of why he's he has not out to campaigning. Talk about. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this man and that plan. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk a little bit about President Trump real quickly. Um, it says if President Donald Trump wins re-election next month, he will move to immediately dismiss at least three senior government officials, according to a report from Axios. That would be the FBI Director Christopher Wray, CIA Director Gina Haspel, and Excellent. Defense Secretary Mark Esper. Mm-hmm. So according to Axios, Ray will be the first one on the chopping block. Mm-hmm. Um, and the two sources who reportedly have discussed the plans personally with Trump told Axios that Ray and Haspel are despised and distrusted almost universally in Trump's inner circle. They said Trump would have fired both officials already, but didn't want to instigate another political headache right before Election Day. Um, they said Trump's reportedly angry that Haspel's opposed declassifying documents that would aid uh, U.S. Attorney John Durham's investigation into the origins of the Trump-Russia investigation. He's been really upset with that. And then with Esper, he wasn't happy with the defense secretary for not supporting a plan to send active duty military units into American streets as a response to all the racial unrest that plagued the city earlier in the summer. You don't want necessarily active military units in the streets. However, you don't also want to disagree with the president the way he did. I mean, he came out and said, we'll never do that. That's crazy talk. No, you just say, no, we're not talking about it at this time. Mm -hmm. And you voice that to the president. That was a shot across the bow uh, from the Pentagon that um, I think those people who don't like Donald Trump were saying, no help coming from here. Constitutionally, it has to be done in a certain way. And as long as it's constitutional, if you won't, if you won't do it, then he should be fired. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like Donald Trump, the businessman. <laughs> Donald Trump, the politician, sometimes gets himself in trouble when you start when he starts trying to play it the political way. I like the slow to hire, quick to fire Donald Trump. And regardless, I, you know, I expected Chris Ray probably was going to resign under a recommendation to resign a couple of weeks ago. It didn't happen. So I'm all for it. I say kudos. If it happens, it happens. It needs to happen. Yeah, a lot of people um, have been talking about the fact that, you know, Ray didn't open that investigation into Hunter Biden's foreign business dealings, even though there has been scrutiny for at least a year that we know of about it. And that Trump was mad that um, Ray told Congress last month that he hasn't seen any evidence of widespread voter fraud. So why do you think he is waiting until after the election just to kind of... Well, I think after running the way he did in, in trying to fill the seat as fast as he could with Amy Coney Barrett and this empty uh, judicial seat, I think that was enough for him of trying to enact all these changes that needed to happen prior to the election. Personally, I think if you're really going to drain the swamp, you need to drop a stick of dynamite in the thing and let's really blow the thing up. So if you're, if you're going to do that, whether it's Agbar or whoever's in with the FBI, whoever replaces Chris Ray, somebody's got to go after this stuff. And let's get to the bottom of it. Listen, if there is nothing there with Hunter Biden, then let's see that nothing is there. I, look, I don't care if Hunter Biden did drugs. I don't care who Hunter Biden had sex with as long as it wasn't an underage person. I don't care what he, about his personal life. But if it benefited the Biden family to the point where Now we see that this money being funneled out of Ukraine, funneled out of Russia, funneled out of China is actually influencing Joe Biden. There's no telling where all money is coming Mm -hmm. from. Those are the things we have to know in Washington, D.C. The really scary thing is nobody's really talking about um, the photos. We know the photos are real. I mean, that's that's easy to debunk. Um, So we know the photos are real. How they got there, I don't know, Mm -hmm. Um, but they are real. And I, like you, I don't care about anybody's personal life. I really don't. 
What I do care about is a president that can be blackmailed. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you see how hostile he gets with his son, I don't want to go to war because somebody has threatened their son. I also don't want uh, somebody to do something they shouldn't be doing to protect their son. Mm-hmm. You can't have the president of the United States in a compromised position. You can't. And Hunter Biden absolutely does that. I personally think that Hunter was the um, was the um, Fredo Corleone um, and thinks he's been doing right now, can't really live with himself and doesn't like the doesn't like the hand he's been dealt by his father. Um, But um, either way, the president would be compromised. Mm hmm. And there's no question. You've got to look at it and say he's at least compromised by China. There's no question. And three and a half million dollars from a Russian oligarch, it's not a good look. No, definitely not. Not a good look. Do you think any of this news is going to affect the election at all? There's a lot of people that still haven't voted. I mean, they had great turnout for, for early voting and it's still going on most places. But do you think any of this will make someone stop and think twice and go, do I want to vote for Trump? I was going to vote for know? Trump. I was going to vote for Trump until 50 Cent came out today and said, F Trump. <laughs> now I'm back on the other. I don't know what to do. Wait, 50 Cent came 50 back? 50 Cent came back today. He retracted. Oh, what did he I get a deal that. from well, China? Apparently the cabal, the Hollywood cabal knocked on his door and maybe he took Chelsea Handler up on her offer. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he came back with a big F Trump. Yeah. You know, it's I'm funny because the woke Hollywood party. Have you heard the knock knock joke from the woke Mm-mm. Hollywood party? Yeah. Knock knock. Uh, knock. Yeah, I'll say. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Who's knock, there? Knock knock. Knock knock. Who's, Who's there? We will answer the questions. We will ask the questions. <laughs> we will ask them and answer them. Change the light. <laughs> All right. There's one for you to tell of your friends later today. All right. Okay. We got to go to break. But uh, when we come back, we're going to be talking about Kamala Harris, talking about being the most far left in the U.S. Senate and how she handled that. (laughs) We want to thank our sponsor, Home Title Lock. You know, here's how easy home title theft is. The legal titles to our homes, they are digitized and they're kept on government and business servers in the cloud where they can be hacked. A cyber thief, cyber thief, excuse me, they find your home's title. They forge the signature on a quick claim deed stating that you sold your home to them and then it's done. Then he takes out loans against your home until all your equity is gone and leaves you in debt. And you won't know until the collection calls come pouring in. So you're not protected by your insurance, your bank or common identity theft programs. But Home Title Lock, they protect you. Home Title Lock puts a barrier around your home's title, and the instant that they detect tampering, they will shut it down. So go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if you're already a victim, and then use code RADIO for 30 days of free protection. That's code RADIO at HomeTitleLock.com. We'll be right back. Did you watch the 60 Minutes interview last night with Kamala Harris and Joe Biden and Donald Trump? If you did, you've probably heard people talking about it this morning. And one thing that really stood out was when Senator Kamala Harris was struggling to respond to a question and when she was confronted over the fact that she's been rated the most far left member of the U.S. Senate. I want you to listen to this clip. You're considered the most liberal United States senator. I, I somebody said that, and it actually was Mike Pence on the debate stage. But, yeah. <laughs> well, actually, the nonpartisan GovTrack has rated you as the most liberal senator. 
You supported the Green New Deal. You supported Medicare for all. You've supported legalizing marijuana. Joe Biden doesn't support those things. So are you going to bring the policies, those progressive policies that you supported as senator, into a Biden administration? What I will do, and I promise you this, and this is what Joe wants me to do, this was part of our deal. I will always share with him my lived experience as it relates to any issue that we confront. And I promised Joe that I will give him that perspective and always be honest with him. And when Joe is ushered out, I'm sure she will just honor, just honor, just honor like, like Johnson honored Kennedy. <laughs> not a chance. I, I love the fact she, she's not proud of it. You, Glenn, you're the most conservative person in the world. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. Um, you know, I don't have to say who said it. I'm glad it was said. Notice she doesn't, first of all, she is so obnoxious and so unlikable when she has the fakey laugh. Mm -hmm. And she does it every time she's uncomfortable, mm -hmm. you know? It's cringeworthy. It yeah. just, ooh, it just makes your skin yeah. crawl. Her because body it's, language is horrible. Yes. Facial expressions are horrible. Yeah, because if you said to me, look, Chad, you've, you've always been extremely pro-life. You believe that life begins at conception. Now, I would have. you bring that into an administration? I'd say, you're damn right I am, 100%. That's what I believe. It's my conviction. But what... The interview went on to say, when she said, I'm going to be honest with Joe, honest with Joe, they said, does that include progressive and socialistic policies? And she says, no, it's just my experience as a little black girl. Wait a minute. Is that what Joe said? So wait a minute. You're saying to you that we sat down yeah, and, and, exactly. and you're Kamala and I'm Joe. And I'm like, and uh, what I really want from you Listen, is, uh, is uh, a viewpoint of a little black girl. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that happened. Exactly. I, I said the exact same thing on my show. I said, imagine that conversation if it happened. That's, fic that's fiction. And you just said to be honest. And you're lying. We know you're lying because that doesn't happen in the real world. Do you think she was surprised by the statement that she's 100 the percent? They're little darlings. They're not supposed to get pushed back. I love it when they get pushed back. They have no preparation whatsoever she to would, deal with any of that. She would answer that differently had she not been on CBS. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Her eyes kind of glazed over for a second when she was asked that question because yeah. you could see the wheels turning like, what do I say? What do I do? I, how do you think this is going to play out with her? <laughs> I think she'll be the most unpopular president of all time. And she's going to get there faster than faster, anybody can yeah. imagine. Yeah. She's, she is, Joe Biden is the Trojan horse, and inside is Kamala Harris and all the socialists. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, she's an unlikable person, as the Democrats found out themselves. This is what kills me. Democrats look and just like they want to beat uh, Donald Trump so badly They'll take a guy who's on his last legs and and vote for him. And the one they've already said out of all of them, she's the most unlikable mm -hmm. and be cool with it. Like there's not a problem with Joe Biden. This is a person on the debate stage who looked at Joe and said, now, Joe, I don't think you're a racist, but now I'm going to accuse you of every racist thing you've ever done. And he's going to pick her as his running mate? No, no, well, no. Not her. A, not her. The little black girl. The little black girl. <laughs> not the girl who touted being a, a, an American Indian that won a Senate seat or the person whose father's from the West Indies or Jamaica or a mother from India. She's a little black girl suddenly. But I mean, you can identify as anything. Well, let's talk about someone else who I 
wouldn't say wins a lot of points for being likable. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she said on CNN State of the Union yesterday that she believes it's extremely important that Joe Biden offer Senator Bernie Sanders and other progressive leaders cabinet positions if he is elected president. Let's listen to this. Sanders has expressed an interest in potentially serving as Biden's labor secretary if Biden oh wins the God. White House. How crucial labor. is it to the progressive movement that Biden's, Biden offers an important position to Bernie Sanders in a Biden cabinet should that happen, should Biden win? I am not familiar personally with um, with any of Senator Sanders's uh, requests or non-requests. I, I do not know uh, personally about the veracity of this, but um, but you know I believe that it's critically important that the Biden administration appoint progressive leaders, whether it's in labor, whether it's in tre in the Treasury, whether it's you know Secretary of Education, etc. Oh my gosh, how terrifying are those three? Mm. Secretary of Labor. Imagine. Imagine the the consequences of that. The secretary of the Treasury being a big progressive. Are you kidding me? Holy. Or education. Or education. Yeah, yeah. You Imagine. think they can't make it worse. Oh, yes, they can. Yeah. And, and I mean, first of all, she gets on that last nerve right there, that one. And I'm like, why do you keep giving this lady airtime? Why? They're like, well, she just lives in your head. No, we're just listening to see what stupid thing she says next. But it's that last nerve she gets on. But that's me being petty. Uh, but can you imagine Bernie Sanders in any? And so the issue is never the issue. If you listen closely when she says, well, I don't know. But then she lists off three very key uh, cabinet positions that could realistically realistically totally damage this this republic oh kill with, it the with, education would kill it with bernie sanders in that position bernie sanders in labor the labor laws that would come through the <laughs> restrictions and, and the freedom of the labor unions coming good through communist dream holy cow and then the endless printing of the treasury mm -hmm. politico did report that he is sanders is interested in becoming biden's labor secretary um if he is tapped for a cabinet position this is I don't know if either one of them can push checkers across the board <laughs> all the way themselves at this point. Well, I'm trying to get it on the board. Ooh, why don't you take it a bit there, Joe? I'm a little sleepy now. <laughs> can you drag it? Just drag it to me. <laughs> Come on up. No, quickly, I just want to mention, too, the polls in 2020, they are nearly identical to the ones from 2016, according to Real Clear Politics. They keep a running average of all the polls and in the top battleground states north carolina pennsylvania ohio michigan arizona wisconsin biden currently holds a four-point lead in the average in 2016 clinton held a 3.5 point lead um there's more data to suggest that this isn't over because uh the trafalgar group chief pollster robert kahaley he got it mostly right in 2016 he showed trump leading clinton in the key battleground states like pennsylvania florida and michigan he won all three despite some of the other polls saying that he was going to lose um so now kahaley saying trump's poised to do it again so trafalgar is an interesting most um most pollsters don't like Trafalgar because they say that his methodology is screwed up. But he was right in 16, he was right in 2018. Um, and he, he admits that we're not doing it the way everybody else because he says he can find the actual Trump supporters that no one else can find. Um, don't know if that's true or not, we'll, uh, we'll see. One area of caution is Hillary was at 3.5 at this, but she was going down. Joe is still holding steady. 
This is this is right around the time where Comey came out um, and had that, you know, that shock that she was still under investigation. And that's when that split happened. And we're seeing a little bit of a surge for Donald Trump, but we're not seeing uh, Joe Biden lose any ground. Very interesting. We can't always trust the polls. All right, we've got to nope. go to break. We come back. We're going to talk about a Vanity Fair article that's making a lot of people really upset. So stick around. I canceled my subscription. <laughs> I still get Teen Vogue, though. A Vanity Fair writer, uh, she said some things that really upsetting a lot of people. Uh, she's trying to suggest that Judge Amy Coney Barrett could possibly see a scenario in which abortion should be punishable by death mm. because the Supreme Court nominee did what any fair-minded judge should do and refused to answer how she would rule in hypotheticals like many of the other women and men before her who were asked these sorts of questions. Um, it's a writer named Bess Levin for Vanity Fair. Um, she, she called Amy Coney Barrett's refusal to say how she would rule in hypothetical cases a shtick. Um, she said that the allegations stem from a question asked by Senator Sheldon Whitehouse. He asked Barrett in a follow-up question, under an originalist theory of interpretation, would there be any constitutional problem with a state making abortion a capital crime, thus subjecting women who get abortions to the death penalty? And Amy Coney Barrett said, as a sitting judge and judicial nominee, it wouldn't be appropriate for me to offer an on abstract legal issues or hypotheticals. So how do you think this writer came to that extreme conclusion? Because that is the way they play ball. Uh, well, I'm going to talk to you about Supreme Court, um, you know, later. Uh, I want to keep focus on uh, uh, Joe Biden. So I'm going to talk to you about the packing the Supreme Court. You know, you'll just have to wait for that. Well, what are they saying? What are they really saying? So when they hear somebody who's being honest and doing their job, they immediately think they're like them. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a great no, point. She 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 didn't answer that question and she shouldn't answer that question. Ginsburg didn't answer those questions. You don't do it because then you show bias. It has to be the case that is argued in front of you, not some hypothetical. But I have to tell you, Vanity Fair decides there's enough room to print that fantasy, that fantasy, and doesn't find any room for Hunter Biden's actual evidence. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. that is crazy. They're saving that for Teen Vogue. <laughs> uh, I, I always get my hard-hitting uh, journalism from Vanity Fair. I really do. It's my first well, go-to place. I also get my jokes from there. I love the cartoons. <laughs> I just like the perfume ads. I rub yeah. them all over my skin. It's, it's, it's really interesting, isn't it? I, to me, I, that's just another way the left reveals what they would do in certain situations. I mean, the fact that you would take it to that extreme is crazy. Um, it, it just it just shows more of the insanity that's out there, and people read this stuff; they believe it. That's what scares me is that people really do take. Well, I mean, it's coyotes at the border. 
Yeah, that was insane. <laughs> I mean, that's insane. You know, don't don't get the left talking about the elephant in the room because it really leaves a stink. You know, <laughs> and the drug mules that are out there. Yeah. I mean, there's just nothing more than a you know a donkey by any other name. Pete is very upset. <laughs> Coyotes, mules, donkeys, elephants. Well, while well, we're yeah. talking you, about, but crazy. if you live in a if you live in a world where you can redefine everything and make up your own truth, it's your truth, and all this, you can come up with all of these asinine stories of fantasy and fiction that are out there. And nobody put them can out there. You. And call it journalism. It's completely subjective, and nobody's going to say anything about it. Because why not? It could, hypothetically, hypothetically, could happen. It's the perfect segue for the next story. Um, remember when Senator Maisie Hirono said sexual her. preference, that that's offensive, and it's, it's an outdated mm. term, and we shouldn't sure. be using it? Sure, yeah. Well, it turns out, I mean, uh, we'd, we've seen those montages of lots of other, both Republicans and Democrats sure, using the term sure. sexual preference. But Joe Biden actually used that term back in May of this year, so not that long ago. And a National Review reporter, uh, his name is John McCormick, he confronted Hirono over Biden using sexual preference recently and asked if she would hold him to the same standard that she used against Amy Coney Barrett. And he said, should Joe Biden apologize too, like Amy Coney Barrett did? And Hirono said, Joe Biden's not up for the Supreme Court. He's up for the presidency. He said, so shouldn't he apologize? He's up for the presidency. Don't you think an apology is in order? And she said, people will decide. And so then the reporter said, so you don't want to call on him to apologize too? And she said, oh, stop it. The world's in flames. Mm-hmm. And that was the end of the conversation. So well, that was so last week. It really was. That outrage was so last week. We got a new outrage to go over now. Mm-hmm. It's such a double standard. Well, it offends the misogyny and all of that offends the sexist in me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, it's so dumb. I mean, just come up with terms. Socialism, at the end of the day, let me let me unpack this just for a second. Socialism is religion. It's religion. It requires existentialism and postmodernism and those underpinnings of that. So, so with those things, when you can identify reality however you want to identify it, and you come up with your own terms, and you can do it. So, so last week, that was a reality. This week, it's not a reality. And so those kind of underpinnings, when they come in, if everything is meaningless, then we're all meaningless. And until we embrace our meaninglessness and find our meaning in the in the community, in the corporate socialism, where we all, because this life is all we have. Mm-hmm. So I got to make the most of it. Therefore, I should have a right to health care, have a right to this and right to that and right to education, all these things. Ultimately, that collective becomes my religion. Here are the two words you're going to start hearing. If Joe Biden wins, you're going to start hearing these two words a lot. St- uh, stakeholder capitalism. Mm. Stakeholder capitalism. And what it means is collective. It's mm-hmm. a Chinese uh, capitalism kind of model. But that's what's coming. Where if you're a stakeholder, you've got to share your wealth mm-hmm. to the other sh- uh, stakeholders. You have to, if you're a company, you have to do yeah. what the state says because they know what's best. Mark my words, the new version of fascism, communism, socialism, whatever you want to call it, Mm -hmm. uh, is called stakeholder capitalism. That's good. Well, they better try and come and take it. I'm going to hang out with Chad Prather. I'll be like, come and take it. I'm hiding out in Glenn Beck's office. (laughs) I'm in the mountains, so have at it. (laughs) All right, we got to go to break. We'll be back in just a minute. Mm. (laughs) Stakeholder capitalism. Huh? Stakeholder capitalism. Yeah. A whole time magazine. A whole magazine this week.
California may soon allow some 17-year-olds to vote in elections. Uh, it's called Proposition 18. It's amendment to the state constitution to be approved at the ballot box next month. Now, should this pass, 17-year-olds in the state would be allowed to vote in primary and special elections if they turn 18 before the general election. So similar laws like this, they've already been passed in at least a half dozen other states, uh, including states like Mississippi and Kentucky. In some other states, however, 17-year-olds who turn 18 by the date of the election, they can vote in Democratic primaries, but not in Republican primaries. Oh, so interesting. So, <laughs> Is it? I mean, some people said this would mean high school seniors would be voting for important tax measures only adults would pay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why when um, they uh, when the left says there women didn't vote in colonial era. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. Only one person from each tax paying land owning household paid. So it could be the wife. It could be the husband. But they had one vote for each household. So and only if you owned the land, you had to have a stake in it. If you weren't if you weren't paying the taxes, you didn't get to vote. Mm-hmm. That's that's the problem with the system that we have now. Right. If I wasn't paying taxes, I'd be for free stuff galore. Yeah, I want free college. I want free stuff because I have no connection of where it's even coming from. Yeah. You know, can we print more money? Sure. Why not? Because you don't understand what it means in the end. Mm-hmm. That's the real problem. Yeah, and at the end of the day, let's remember socialism. Those who cry for it the most usually contribute the least. And that's exactly what we see in that case. And this is, again, we're heading towards, let's call it what it is, a socialist, especially if Kamala Harris gets in. Oh, I think if if either of them get in, we're heading for a great reset. It's going to be a great reset. Well, Nancy Pelosi, she's all for this, too. She had a similar argument back in 2019 uh, in favor of lowering the voting age for federal elections. And then uh, in San Francisco, they have a city-specific measure passed that 16-year-olds would be allowed to vote in local elections. That's fantastic. I'd like my cat, my dog, and uh, Sarah's new infant to be able to vote for Donald Trump. I just find this so weird that they're they're making they're wanting to make the voting age younger, but they want to make the age that you are to own a gun older. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. They want you to be able to vote for them. But if they show if the if the studies were showing that the schools were churning out um, uh, conservatives, it would they would not be saying lower the voting age. It's not only the gun registration; it is also the remember you're what an adult at 27 now because of Obamacare. Right, mm-hmm. you can live on your own your parents' own stuff because you're still classified as a kid mm-hmm. at 26. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, don't forget, at Joe Biden's town hall, he did say eight and nine-year-olds should be able to determine if they want to have a gender reassignment. It's up to them. So why not let them vote at 16? I mean, let the eight-year-olds vote. Sure. I'm sure they're up on the issues. (laughs) Can you imagine? I remember being 17 years old, barely. I remember what I was doing and what I was interested in. And it wasn't this. It wasn't wasn't politics. (laughs) No. Well, while we're talking about young kids in a totally different context, uh, Netflix, you know, they've had that controversial year about Cuties Chat. I know you've talked about it quite a bit on your show. Mm-hmm. So Netflix cancellations, they have just skyrocketed, I think, far beyond what Netflix anticipated. 800 percent 
And that's a huge percentage of cancellations. Um, their chief financial officer, Spence uh, Newman, reportedly downplayed the controversy when they had mm-hmm. a call this week with the company. He instead focused on how the coronavirus pandemic helped them meet their subscription goals. However, uh, Netflix lost five times as many subscribers in September's first couple of weeks. Good. Just Good. And now we've got the biggest promotion going at Blaze TV. 30% off. So you can come from Netflix <laughs> right over here. Right. Now, don't forget, they're going to they're going to do everything they can to censor us. My wife sent me a screenshot a little while ago. She was trying to watch an episode of the, On the Blaze, uh, your show, as a matter of fact. And, and it was saying um, not available at this time because of network interference. Mm-hmm. It was a screenshot on the yeah. thing. And I thought, now, isn't that interesting? But yet Vanity Fair can print their garbage. Well, Netflix can do last, their garbage. Last week, we did um, a show on radio. One of the most prestigious uh, heritage foundations that, that goes and looks at your genealogy. Mm-hmm. Um, the, a report like we shared would have cost mm, probably 80 grand. Okay. Really well done. Uh, we did the genealogy of Joe Biden and we found that the Robinette family, mm-hmm. Joe's father's side, um, owned slaves and they only got rid of slaves when the North won the war, Mm. okay? Um, And they passed the slaves on. We had all the documents and everything else. Well, we were were, uh, throttled by Facebook Mm -hmm. uh, because uh, they said that's not true. We challenged it. We had to produce all the documents, which were there in the story, Mm -hmm. okay? Um, They reviewed it. It took us, I don't know how many days to challenge it, but they throttled us. They throttled, they throttled my voice, so people were not getting anything from me until we cleared that up. Mm-hmm. That, that's, who are they to tell me yeah, what's real and what's it, not? Yeah, I mean, on my pages last week. It's all there. All of it's there. Yeah. Yeah. I have a good friend that's a conservative, and she posts quite a bit of news stories. And I used to see her posts all the time, She's every time I would log in. And I didn't see them at all for weeks. Yeah. And I messaged her, and I said, have you just not been very active? And she said, no, I've been heavily shadow banned. Good I have time. no idea why. And even when I was direct messaging her, it wouldn't show up in my inbox her replies, they were down at the very bottom. They weren't even coming up to the top. So it was like, I so couldn't bad. even communicate with her. It was bizarre. Just think, of, just think of, this is Black Mirror. Just think of what that means yeah. when they take that to everyone. If you have a low social score, if you're not saying the right things, if you're emailing, texting the wrong people, you're at the bottom of everybody's list. You mm-hmm. just disappear. Yeah. So frightening. Apply that to things like credit scores. Let's say you've got a good credit score numerically, but they say, no, we don't want to loan this to you. We don't, that's not going to, you can't buy this home. You know this, what? Because you have the wrong opinions. Mm-hmm. You have the wrong ideology. This is stakeholder capitalism. Stakeholder capitalism. That's right. Hearing a lot more about that. All right. So we've got to go to break. We come back. We'll have our question of the day. Stick around for that. that that's exactly what it is. If you don't, if you disagree, you're cut off on everything. Trying to do a live feed video from the page. All right, on Friday, we asked you guys who you thought won the debate last week. 80% of you said Trump. 20% of you said Biden. That sounds about right to me. I mean, there were a couple people who thought Biden did well, but for the most part, I felt like the general consensus, at least among our audience, was that Trump just killed it. Yeah, I, I went home and my wife, who you know made me go to the Trump train you know, <laughs> on, uh, on the highway yesterday and is a huge Trump supporter, 
I came home and she said, he lost, didn't he? And I said, what? She said, I watched like the first 30 minutes of it and then I got busy with the kids and she said, he, he didn't do well, did he? And I was shocked to hear that. Mm. I was shocked to hear that. But the first 30 minutes was all about COVID. Right. Yeah, he did great. All right, our question today, will the Hunter Biden allegations seriously impact the 2020 race? Nope. Nope. It will impact long-term the media. Mm -hmm. The media is, going, is destroying itself right now. So you really think that if for some reason Biden did get elected, you think they're going to start taking a more active interest in the story as a way I think, to move him to the side? I think that once the ding-dong, the witch is dead with Donald Trump, they'll, um, they'll feel responsible to uh, make sure that they, they all of a sudden become the people's. And they're also deep, deep down the socialist road. So Joe Biden is actually a road bump, speed bump. What do you have for us this week? You have something exciting coming up on Wednesday? We do the first 100 days of Joe Biden. In his own words, what they're planning on doing the first 100 days, the skin will peel off your face. It's so frightening. Can't wait. We don't want to miss that. Yeah. I love Glenn Beck. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.